Get this, a dating site for anti-vaxxers called Unjected. Unjected has been removed from the Apple App Store. While 47% say the unvaccinated make me upset or angry. I wish that he would go further to restrict the activities of the unvaccinated. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo. Rest in peace, Wheezy. The Unjected Show with your hosts, Shelby Thompson, Heather Pyle, Scott Armstrong, and Zach Brown. Call 1-833-3-UNJECT, extension 888. That's 1-833-386-5328, extension 888. Lines are open now. The Unjected Show is intended for an adult audience and may contain explicit material. User discretion is advised. Hi. Aloha, friends. Aloha, everyone. Aloha. What's How's going, it going on? It's going great. How are you guys doing? Good. Great. Look we at were your just, background, I'm though. obsessed. <laughs> Wait a second. Look at Scott's upgrade. Scott's the coolest. What is that? Um, what? Is, what? Tell us what this is. I don't even know what this <gasps> is. What is this? Thing? Actually, well, we gotta we gotta update our video too because you guys, this is the fresh new look. Mm. Hinting it, drop she drop. looking good. Yeah. yeah, hot girl summer is coming up real fast. Yes, I indeed. This. Very this cool. The new site. That's She's a, looking good. A glimmer of the new landing page, you guys. So yep, it's yep, yep. well on its way. And I know that we've been like pushing the timeline a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. But you guys have to understand, like what's been going down is a remarkable feat, uh, and just the fact that we're even going to be able to wing this as fast as it's happened right. is building uh, a website that normally takes a year to do in, in a month and a half or two months is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So literally the team is working uh 24 seven. We are just immensely grateful. So just as a quick note, before we have our lovely guests come in, that's just, it's a little longer. I promise. A little longer guys. <laughs> so and we'll, have, we'll definitely have more to announce next week as well. <laughs> and yes. yeah, we have lots to talk about. I think yeah, the, we should actually make a whole show about it. The relaunch of the site has up to this point been like, have you ever seen the Amish build a barn in a day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like that. Yeah. 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 That's exactly. <laughs> right on. Well, well, you guys, let's bring in our guest. He's waiting patiently in the green room here. So everybody say hi to Maj Toure from Black Guns Matter. What's hey, up? Hey, Maj. Maj. Peace. How you doing, man? Thanks for joining us tonight. So, yeah. So, like I said before, you know, I had the chance to interview on a show I used to do. I know Zach. Zach Brown here is connected with you on his show. But we wanted to bring you on, man, because, like, I I first came across your work on uh, InfoWars when you were uh, hosting there in studio with Alex. And I was just like, man, this guy is spitting truth, man. I was like, oh, my God, this is for real, dude. So I started looking in what you do, Black Guns Matter. And uh, I'm like, damn, okay, cool. So, and then, and then of course the thing that really caught my attention and, and then it came across, uh, I saw a meme pop up where there was a, uh, there was a couple that were all like wearing their, wearing their fuck that vaccine shirt with the, with all the guns <laughs> and stuff. I'm sure you've seen that meme, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, I need to reach out to Maj, see if he'll come on the show again. So, so yes. anyway, so this is, this is the, let me see if I, oh, let me add it here. Uh, this is the shirt right, right yeah, there. Yeah. I want to see that and, shirt. There it is. Yes. Right. <laughs> I love that shirt. Now, now, do you have you worn that in public? Like, what, what what's the reactions you get to that? Yeah, how does that go? Yeah, I, I wear that shirt a lot, actually, pretty often. And I need that shirt. I, ironically, I get more, especially during like when through the airport during you know when there were mask mandates or so-called mask mandates. 
I get so many more people that um, become more confident that are saying, yo, I agree with that. A lot of times mm -hmm. what, what needs to happen is more people, um, not as many people are always willing to go first. And if you're willing to go first, a lot of times other people will follow up. And so that's usually what happens. All of the merch um, on our site, blackgunsmattershop.com, all of those shirts are designed to just start conversation. And a lot of times some people think that maybe this conversation will be aggressive. And generally it's not. And I've had like thousands of people at this point. Um, kind of like that have bought merch that are like, yo, bro, these conversations start. Yeah, so they are. These are amazing. And, and just yeah. uh, in reality, it's just people asking questions. And even the people that may not mind with what you're saying, they still kind of like at least are very, very respectful, um, mm -hmm. at least in, in my lived experience. So, yeah, it's, uh, um, I, I wear them often. I usually wear them, you know, pretty much five, six days out of the week. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love the one. I can see why. Yeah. They're incredible. They're great. Yeah. Thanks. I like that being a bitch is un-American. <laughs> <laughs> I would good. need I would need more esoteric things on, on my shirts. I'd be like the vaccine is giving me feminine tendencies. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I well mean? it does. It does. I don't know if the feminine tendencies come first or after you get the vaccine. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like you have to be a little bit of a a little bit of sugar in the tank in order to take it. In the I'm just, well, you know, but, uh, but uh, yeah, man. So we'll tell us a little bit about black guns matter too, before we get too far into it. Well, in essence, our organization was designed to inform people in urban demographics, primarily not limited to, we, we go to urban demographics because that's where there's the most of the racist practice of gun control. And a lot of times that term racist is thrown out a lot. Everything that you disagree with is not racist. Um, and, and that's on both sides. If someone is advocating for um, the empowerment of a black community because their community has been destroyed by certain policies, that does not mean that that person is racist and hates white people. In reverse, if uh, somebody is like, listen, I'm a straight white dude and I like women and I just want to be like free, that does not mean that this person is, is just racist. And so that word's tossed out around a lot. The reality is there are some things that are systemically racist in America, um, like gun control. It was literally started to make sure that uh, melanated beings did not have the means to defend themselves. So on one hand, we say we have the Second Amendment. And then on the other hand, we say, well, except for those folks, you know. And so um, going to the areas that have been hit by the stranglehold of policies from whatever background, left, right, whatever, um, unfortunately, most big cities... Um, are hamstring by those those uh, policies or that legislation, even though it's in stark contrast and contradiction to the supreme law of the land, the Second Amendment. So we created an organization that goes to those places to inform the demographic about their human right as codified in the Bill of Rights and the Second Amendment, um, as well as to teach people um, basically safety, uh, firearms, basics and things of that nature, conflict resolution, de-escalation. We started this thing as it was going to be one event. And we thought maybe we'd get 30 people or so to show up. 300 people showed up. People mm -hmm. consistently asked for us to um, come to their cities. And so we just do it by doing voluntary donations. We asked everybody, listen, pay it forward. If you like the work that we're doing, pay it forward. Donate 10 bucks, 100 bucks, 50 bucks, 100,000, whatever you got. If you think that, hey, this is some work that can be done. So we did that initially. And we, we initially had said, you know, let's do 13 cities like the original 13 colonies. And we'll raise $25,000 and we'll do these 13 cities, shoestring budget, and we'll do it. And we did it. 
And then everybody kept going, no, bro, you got to keep going. You have to keep going. You have to do all of the big cities. You have to do some small towns. Um, don't just, um, you know, get, get to some areas outside of big cities too. So we just pretty much just listened to what the people were saying on social media and just continued. And now we have about maybe $300,000 left to raise. We've risen and given away over the last few years um, a little bit over maybe six, close to $700,000 doing this work. The classes are all free. They're all free because of voluntary donations. And the remaining $300 we'll raise, with, it's a little bit over that, but that'll handle all of our summer and fall classes, as well as that remaining $300 will be for us to get our building outright that we have in Philadelphia, where we do Black Guns Matter classes and other classes, yoga, stop the bleed, so forth and so on. So that's kind of like the nutshell of how Black Guns Matter came to be, um, how the trajectory that it's had. And, um, you know, and, and we started in 2016-ish, and we had the stated purpose of making the urban demographic primarily the black community. Again, not to disparage any other ethnic group. That's we all Americans. We all, you know, have that. But when you have a serious issue with this racist practice of gun control, you got to go to where, you know, the, the, the disease is most, you know, prevalent. So we had the stated goal of making the black community become the largest gun buying demographic. We said that in 2016 and before the middle or end of 2019, we did that. The largest gun buying demographic in America is black America, you know. And so we've we've changed that tide a lot. We've helped with organizations to make um, more states over the last few years constitutional carry. Um, we've been cited in the United States Supreme Court decision, the Bruin decision last year. Um, that was a New York state case. But um, we've just been kind of doing the work of making sure that the areas that have been targeted by this practice of gun control, which is unconstitutional, um, we've been there to serve and, and, and just basically work for that community, removing the financial barrier to entry. So if somebody wants to come learn, they can come learn for free. And we just ask that they become politically active and pay it forward and teach other people on that safety, conflict resolution and de-escalation component. To your first point, wasn't the wasn't like the the gun control policy or the the foundation for that wasn't it that in direct response to the Black Panthers patrolling streets in Oakland because cops refused to to go in certain areas, so the Black Panthers stepped up. Was so that- yes and no. That that's even though that's like that was in the '60s and '65, I think. Um, and that got large support. The NRA was behind right? that, by the way. Always... The, yeah. the NRA was behind that fight by uh, pushing gun control when that happened, right? Right. That's the irony of it. They pushed this this racist practice when the Black Panthers were exercising their Second Amendment rights. But gun control, the first gun control was in Virginia in like hundreds of years beforehand. There were things called the Black Codes or the Slave Codes that literally, you know, state constitutions changed their wording to make sure that they highlighted that, you know, guns were supposed to be in the hands of white males, like states like um, North Carolina and things like that. Again, they reworded their state constitution to reiterate this racist practice. But when you're talking about the origins of gun control, I mean, we're talking about the the black codes, the, the slave codes and things like that. We're talking about prior to emancipation, right? So, the more modern version in the 60s in California under the Mulford Act, that's the legislation that you're talking about there, that you're 100% right, 
was supported by uh, conservatives or so-called conservatives by Ronald Reagan, who a lot of my conservative friends, when I'm telling them, like, listen, bro, part of the reason why California is so anti-gun and anti-freedom is because of Ronald Reagan. That Mulford Act was was a horrible and damning piece of legislation as it relates to freedom. And it was in alignment with the racist practice, the unconstitutional practice of gun control. That's just the reality of the situation. Um, but it started way before then. There were times where, um, you know, there's legislation or writing in those black codes that said if a white male saw what an indigenous person or Native American and or African-American had something that would appear to be a firearm, they were within their rights to arrest, stop citizens arrest or even kill that person. This is the actual origin of gun control in America. And the irony is the marketing of um, these new anti-gun groups, they'll reverse it. They'll make it seem as if uh, the Second Amendment or gun ownership is the racist thing, when in reality, the policies that they support are the actual racist stuff. So again, I'm, I'm very um, keen on making sure that that word racism isn't tossed unnecessarily. But in certain rare instances or certain serious instances, that word is 100% accurate. Right on, wow. right on. That's so interesting. Um, you know, so I'm originally from Idaho, which is, you know, very gun loving state. You know, I, I grew up, you know, learning how to shoot with, you know, family and friends. And so then to move to Hawaii, where I mean, it's that is not happening down here. Uh, it is extremely restrictive. And, um, you know, the irony in that is, you know, Hawaii is a, an annexed nation, you know, which was in, was taken by indigenous Hawaiian people, uh, actually by gunpoint, uh, you know, they made the queen sign over, uh, you know, basically being held at gunpoint. And so I think it's so interesting how we, you know, how time has come on and we have all these, you know, certain restrictions, but um, have you ever made it down to Hawaii? Did you make it to every state or how, how did that end up playing out? Yeah, so Hawaii is notoriously anti-gun and I've been there before. <laughs> I've been there years ago, though. Um, we've yet to do a class in Hawaii and we absolutely need to. Um, the, 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 the funny thing about that is the marketing is great. The marketing is Hawaii's beautiful, which it is. Um, a lot of the uh, people that are native to, you know, Hawaii are given some pushback about tourists because tourists aren't, you know, cannot be respectful at times and things like that. So they have these, you know, juxtapositions about the beauty and the lack of, you know, people wanting tourists to be there. But they avoid the conversation as it relates to how anti-gun Hawaii is. Um, and it, and it's 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 like one of those like elephants in the room. Um, yeah. The when I went to Hawaii, I was I was I was like maybe 19 at the time, and I went just to kind of like kick it. And I did not have a, a, a serious understanding of uh, firearms ownership the same way that I have it now. But I think since that has been so that's been so long ago, I 100% think that sh folks should go there. The other interesting thing about you know Hawaii and certain portions of it, you know, it initially was like a leper colony and all of these other different yeah. things. There's an amazing history to this beautiful place that I think when you unpack that, when you talk about again. There were a lot of, you know, Samoan, indigenous people and things like that, where it was like, yo, we want to make sure that this group of people does not have the means right. 
ourselves against certain forms of colonization. And yep. again, I live in America, so I'm gonna be very clear about my my understanding of American history as well as the respect for the freedoms that we are supposed to have. Um, but telling the truth about our nation's history as it relates to gun control and other things does not mean we hate America, does not mean we are calling for the advent a different you know country or anything like that or the ending of america it's just we got to start telling the whole truth about our nation's history so one we don't repeat it and two people can actually evaluate and look at it a lot of the times when you share this information with people about places like hawaii and in juxtaposition to idaho and you know iowa places these flyover states that are very pro-liberty you start to see the trade-off when you look at california which is extremely beautiful as a state you can pretty much get any you can get trees you can get beach you can get mountains you can all these things in california and similar to hawaii but when you start to say there's an unfair trade-off as it relates to um, our ability to defend ourselves in these beautiful places when you start to share this information with the general public they start to quite naturally start questioning well damn what other things and am, am i kind of like missing about these things and we get them to get on board this liberty train and this bodily autonomy train and getting them politically active and educated. We remind this group of people, these Americans, that this Bill of Rights was a list of rights to restrict the government, not for these things to restrict us. And when you start sharing that information with people, you start to highlight how these places could be even more better. Because there's a lot of crime in California, even though it's certain portions of California even though it's such a beautiful place. But mm -hmm. if we had more safe and responsible firearms owners, we would not have the same level of violent crime and these other types of things. So it's always a great conversation to have to inform people from that perspective. Yeah. yeah. And I heard, I heard of an interesting anecdote. I understand you were at Porcupine Freedom Festival last week, right? And uh, there was a uh, situation where like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was there speaking. But they made a and, and I, for those of you that are listening that may not understand what Porcupine Freedom Festival is, this is like like the biggest libertarian, like anarchist, all this like convent, like uh, what do you call it? Just like a festival, you know, like in the world. Right. And so, um, you know, so basically one of the stipulations for RFK being there was that they couldn't have anybody with guns present. And that's like. Really? You don't say that to to a to a three thousand anarchist at a campout. Like you just can't what? say that. And so I guess there was like a I, I was listening to Richard Grove. I guess he was talking about it. He got some footage. I guess there was like a like a like right outside the the gates where they weren't allowed in. There was like a everyone showed up just all strapped up and just like showing their protest, peaceful protest. <laughs> and like their 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 argument was like, why would you not let us in with guns? You are way more safer with us there with guns. Than, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So anyway, what, what was that like? So I didn't go to Freedom Fest because oh. I got arrested. Oh, shit. Um, got arrested uh, a few days before Freedom Fest for my my personal views on firearms ownership. It's an ongoing case, so I, I won't really get all the way into yeah. it, but you know, shit happens. But yeah. nonetheless, um, yeah, that was a huge contradiction. Um, I, I want people to understand that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is an anti-gun Democrat. That yeah. is the reality. Um, as much as people would like to say that He's a political outsider. No, he's not. He is a Kennedy. Like the Kennedys is one are one of the most storied and politically connected Democrat pol political families in American history. That is the reality of the situation. Um, I think his position on the anti jab is 100% correct. I think that his exposure of Dr. Fauci was amazing. 
but that takes a secondary seat to me as opposed to it. Listen, if you want to get a jab, you can. I think it's silly, me personally. But if you want to, that is not a constitutionally attacking thing. If you say, I want to be the president of the United States, the president has two jobs. Keep us out of wars and defend the Constitution. And the Bill of Rights is a part of that. If you are saying, I am advocating for more gun control and a Democrat, you are nothing different than most Democrats. You may have an interesting take on the jab, which a lot of Democrats did not. They were in lockstep with what Big Pharma said and told them to do. Cool. They are free to do that. I think it's silly. But I, I also, that, is a, that isn't a, a, something that was uh, discussed in the Constitution. And if you're running to be the president, you should have a handle on the Constitution. Um, and so what he did at this festival, at Freedom Fest, was the pavilion that he was speaking at, I was scheduled to speak directly at the same time next to him. Um, I want to give a huge shout to the realty group that uh, tried to get me out there to Pork Fest, as well as I want to give a huge shout to everybody that thought that I was just flaking on Pork Fest. I actually was in the middle of a uh, webinar, a Tom Woods webinar to his private subscribers outside when I got arrested. So that was actually what happened there. But saying that to say I want to extend love and support and understanding to the folks that were patient with me for me not being there because Philadelphia takes a while to bail out. They ship you to a different jail. All of these different things. My bail was $75,000, blah, 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 blah. Um, but at the same time, it's a huge contradiction. And I'm a little bit disappointed at the leadership of uh, Freedom Fest to allow that. And I get it. From their perspective, they're saying, well, hey, it's, it's almost like an empty virtue signal because if Gesture Pavilion is anti-gun, and everywhere else in this entire festival, while you're speaking is pro-gun, it doesn't make any sense. And I get that. But I think it would have been more impactful to say, well, if you don't want to exercise, um, to allow people to exercise their second rights, then we're going to have to just decline. Um, I think that would have been, a, from my personal opinion, that would have been a much more principled stand. Um, but I don't own and run pork fest, you know, and so I got arrested. So I wasn't even able to voice my opinion, but the reality is, um, I see both sides. I see, um, their want to say, okay, here's a compromise. It's a virtue signal on his part. It doesn't really make much sense, but okay. And they still get the benefit of RFK coming there. I think there's a lot of libertarians that are, you know, excited by him. But they're, not, they're ignoring that very anti-gun agenda that he's openly said over years. They've also denied the fact that he's made statements about um, potentially per, uh, prosecuting people that are climate change deniers. These are This is not me saying this. These are things that he said. So I think there's a contradiction. I think somehow he's being marketed as he, oh, the liberals hate him. Similar to how people said, oh, the Republicans really don't like Donald Trump when he ran. The reality is we had more anti-gun legislation under Donald Trump on the federal level than in one term than we had with President Barack Obama in two terms. That is the reality of the situation. So these guys aren't political outsiders. Their marketing teams are presenting them as such. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that the general public needs to be more informed and able to be honest about that. We are whole holistic humans. We have the ability to say, I agree with this gentleman on these topics. I disagree with this gentleman on these topics. And, and because of that, I value the Second Amendment, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, 
higher on the priority list than something that someone can choose to put into their body. I am with him on the coercion, the manipulation, um, the uh, illegal stuff, the damn near forcing people through that coercion to take a jab. I, I, we're seeing the Supreme Court is throwing stuff out left and right. I 100% agree with him there. But he is horrible as it relates to the Second Amendment. And that pork fest situation was just another contradiction exposing itself. And fortunately, I mean, as we all knew, nothing negative was going to happen to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, he was in this, again, like some of those folks said, he was in the safest festival that he'll, he'll ever be in his life. And I just think it's a little bit silly to say to be anti-gun when your family members were shot and they did not have the means to defend themselves with firearms. So, but he, he's welcome to land on that position whichever way he chooses to. I just see it as a bit of a contradiction. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah wanted, absolutely. One of the things, because you mentioned at the, the very beginning, uh, you know, there, you said you don't like to throw the label of racism out uh, because if you do it too much, it becomes hollow and it, it has no meaning. One of the things that's interesting about the vaccine and gun narrative that's pushed uh, constantly in the mainstream media uh, is that terms that have nothing to do with a person's stance on those two topics get tethered to it, right? If you, you know, you heard people talking talking about people who didn't want to get the vaccine they're like yeah these are racist sexist people. you're like hey, what do you mean they have nothing to do with fucking and then and then people who say oh yeah they 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 want guns so they're probably trump loving racist it's like it's, <laughs> not, it's, these two things have nothing to do yeah. with each other but the, you see it constantly you see that full fucking vat of of mainstream media labels getting tethered mm -hmm. to each individual topic which you know, anybody who has the ability to to think in a nuanced way or understand that that, you know, or be able to separate these topics and judge them based on their own merit has to understand that just by default, if that's something that's happening, that a group of labels that have nothing to do with the topic that they're they're discussing get attached to the people who disagree with them, most likely what they're finding themselves listening to is a you know, a pre put together, a prepackaged talking point meant to uh, incite negative emotion toward the people they disagree with. It, two things to that. One, that's very smart. Um, that play, it's like yeah. a chessboard. When we're on the chessboard, when, I, when the opposition makes a good move, I just recognize it as a good move. I'm not emotionally driven by it on one level, or at least I don't, you know, emote those emotions in response to it. Um, so we should respect the chess move. That means they have good marketing. Uh, the phrase uh, mass psycho formation psychosis is something that is an amazing term that I think they were very effective at. Um, now, where we got have to get better is not only recognizing to your point that this is a prepackaged thing, right? We we a lot of us fundamentally knew that, but we failed in articulating it in a way because response. It's almost so disgusting that they're doing it that you be, you argue against it with such passion, forgetting that a lot of the people that you're communicating with are the people that we have to actually reach, right? So when I recognize that the propaganda is so immense and well done. And I understand that the general public that is 
focused on like putting food on the table and like got to go to work and stuff. I don't allow their narrative to create a wedge between myself and the people that we're trying to inform. I'm really good at that. I am really good at going. Yeah, man, that's even if I completely disagree with you on a tape, my anti-gun friends, which I have that are afraid of guns. I know that they're afraid of guns because they don't know anything about guns. And that's the reason for their fear. When they ask me to not come in their house with firearms, I don't. I may over time start to go, yo, man, I, I bought a magazine and my fault, bro. You want me to go back out and put it in the truck? And then when they start to go, nah, man, like, but tell me about that magazine. Now I can have the empathy for them and then we can have a dialogue. We have to make sure that not only do we recognize the power of the propaganda machine by the, our opposition, but also that we are not maneuvered into being presented as the enemy. I just got on, uh, went on a, a bit of a two or three tweet conversation not long before this podcast talking about how so many, there's a few libertarians, guys in the libertarian space, and even some of my conservative friends that play right into the hands of leftist propaganda. They argue things in a position where it's very easy to package them as racist. If I was hired by the leftists to make them look racist, it would be very, very easy. So, for example, um, there's a guy, there's this group of, uh, uh, lib I think they're libertarian guys. I guess they're comedians or they like tr online trolls or something like that. And they have an argument against my position on the conversation around reparations, right? And to me, reparations as a libertarian is a property rights issue, and it's a overreach by the state issue. Slavery cannot happen without the state sanctioning it. Otherwise, you just have voluntary association or disassociation. And I believe that there are corporate charters that benefited financially that have tons of profits to this day, Norfolk Southern, certain insurance companies, Wells Fargo, corporate charters that benefited from this heinous crime. And I believe that it's not an individual, it's a corporate charter that outlives individuals. I think that those companies should be held accountable. That's what I think. And that starts a conversation about property rights and reparations and what that looks like. That does not mean that this is a tax on white people. And I think that the narrative has been that. But a lot of those guys that don't like my openness to that conversation as it relates to libertarianism, they repeat jokes that are very, very distasteful um, and are pretty much racist, right? Like one of the dudes today put up a post saying like, you know, around the reparations thing, and he says, well, black people are already getting reparations and here's their, um, here's proof of it. And it's like a picture of a bottle of like soap wash. And he was insinuating that we wash our chicken with dish detergent that has like watermelon flavor to it or some goofy shit like that, right? Now, race jokes to me sometimes are funny as shit, but it has to be fucking funny. It has to be like, <laughs> oh shit, funny. If it's a black joke, Spanish joke, if it's a white joke, the Asian joke, if it's funny, it's funny. Like I'm gonna go <laughs> right. right. But some of those jokes is like, bro, this isn't really funny. It's just a, a low hanging fruit thing. Yeah. The, the reality is the opposition will package you as like, look, see, this one guy that's saying this stuff on social media, this is what all of the conservatives are. Mm -hmm. This is what all of the Republicans are. This is what all of the libertarians are. <coughs> we walk ourselves into that because we, one, take the bait. Two, are not articulate enough 
to our to to express our positions without falling into the trick and trap of leftist propaganda. Another example for that is when I hear someone that was saying things like, I took the jab because I think it's safe for me and so forth and so on. And I did the research. Now I know that you did not do the research. You are the research. I know. For that moment with that person, I might say something like, yo, man, you, you weigh, I, I wish I could get to the point of trusting them as much. I'm a little afraid of that. And I, I, I wish I could trust them. That's a skill that you have of trust that I, I wish I could have the same way, bro. And I commend you for that. I'm looking for ways to develop empathy with the person that fast forward, because this has happened in the gun community with me as well. The person that was anti-gun for years, as soon as the government started saying, we're not going to have police come about these particular crimes, they're calling me because I never destroyed that relationship. They're calling me about gun shit because I did not destroy the relationship. I did not let the anti-gun propaganda or agenda devour the potential for the opportunity for us to build later. Same thing with this. It's fuck that vaccine for me. If you wanted to take it, cool. Now, fast forward. When all of the conspiracy theorists are seemingly correct, and I did not, you know, damage that relationship, and when I have friends that had heart issues, and I'm still there for them, we can create more of a union because they had to go through that silly shit. They didn't have to, but they did, and they know we're the voice of reason that they can trust now. Mm -hmm. The liberal movement and the conservative movement has to get better at the chess moves of doing that. So when I'm wearing a fuck that vaccine shirt and someone walks up to me and says, I'm offended by that shirt. And when instead of me going, I don't give a fuck that you're offended by the shirt. Right. Instead of me saying that there is an, a teachable moment and an opportunity there for me, because I actually view us all as humans, us all as Americans. And I say something as a chess move. I say something like. I am so sorry that this is offensive to you. That was not my intention. Will you accept my apology? And that person goes, Whoa. Oh, shit. Everything in the narrative. I'm supposed to be argumentative. And if I say something like, You're my brother, and I personally have lost people to vaccines. And so that's my personal story. What's your personal story? And I developed that rapport with that person. I am not fighting against, they're not my enemy. I'm actually through them fighting against the propaganda machine that has them believing the shit that they believe that is 1000% wrong. It is 1000% wrong. It's an established connection that, that bridges the two. And then ultimately you, I think you throw what, like a used car battery at them? You go, I got your trust. <laughs> there you go. So it's That's an overhead. That's a Larry Bird overhead pass, baby. Come on now. It's, it's three steps to this approach, and it's it's pretty much undefeated. Um, I've used this. That's how we were able to be very successful with Black Guns Matter. Um, one of the the first step is always empathy. Step one is empathy. And if we truly believe that we're all Americans, now we got to ask this question of ourselves. Are we looking at other Americans like, 
these these fucking Democrats, these fucking Republicans, these fucking Libertarians, these Blacks, these Whites, these Asians. Are we really harboring that? And are we just giving lip service to we're all Americans, we're all humans? That's a question that we really got to search our soul about. Mm -hmm. I personally am in that space where, one, I know that there's not a motherfucking thing that you can do to me if you disagree with my views. I will fuck you up physically if you go that way. I carry a firearm. And I also have a first aid kit. So if I got to put some holes in you, I can patch you up and send you on your motherfucking way. I won't do that. I'll give you a severe tongue lashing, though. I will. You will know my stance. Even so I have the skill set to do that. So it creates a certain level of I'm good with whatever. And there's nothing that you can do to me. So because of that, I, I have the luxury of looking at everyone as that American, as that human, because I know that at the back of that propaganda and at a certain point, I was a victim of that same propaganda. Maybe not on the same subject, but I was a victim of a different level of propaganda. Yeah. Because I understand that it's easy for me to lead with empathy first. Once I've developed that rapport via empathy and this person knows that I'm just not looking at them as the opposition Two, we can start talking about facts if you jump past empathy the first step and go to the second step which is facts facts are cold that's why when we hear all of these neocons saying things like facts don't care about your feelings yeah maybe the facts don't but people care about feelings humans care about how they feel and this is why you've struggled in expanding the liberty or conservative movement in the demographics that we needed the most and democrats have dominated because democrats don't have facts the facts do not align with their with the reality of things, but they are masters at feelings and entertainment and mm -hmm. propaganda. So why not deal with the empathy, then get to the facts with someone that you've established a rapport with. And then the third step is, then we create the solution together. The third step is always solutions. If you put the cart before the horse, if you start with solutions, you look like a fucking weirdo. Cause why are you even talking to me about a solution? I didn't even ask you anything. That's one. If you start with facts, facts are cold. I don't care about what you feel. Facts won't get you I pussy. Think that they won't. You feel for me. <laughs> Unless you're unobjected. Facts yeah. never get you pussy. I tell right. you. Unobjected, right. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and, right. And, and, and then you, you're reading the room. You're like, okay, I'm in a room full of people that are like, what are the facts? So. That's that's really the way if I say to someone that has been and this is a standard operational procedure in a lot of my classes that we deal with people that have trauma associated with firearms. If someone's been a mother has been had a child murdered by someone with a firearm. I'm not having a conversation with her about how awesome the Second Amendment is as the lead in. There's nothing there's there's no game there. What I can say to her is, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Let's talk about the trauma and your experience with this from this shit bag of a person that used the tool in a way that we want him or her locked under the jail. And let's have a conversation about your healing. That way, when that person says, which they do nine times out of 10, after a, a, however long that conversation is, they say, because I'm not really opposed to guns, but I hate the fact that someone took my son's or my family member or my loved one's life. 
I, I, I never even thought about guns. I'm just saying that this shit was dumb. And then I agree with them because I do agree with them, you know? And so this approach is almost undefeated. It, it, it's almost like in order for you to win, when I say I want people that use firearms improperly to be locked under the jail because they make it harder for safe and responsible firearms owners. When I say the racist practice of gun control disproportionately impacts black and brown people, putting them in jail, more charges, more sentencing, more jail time than other demographics for the simple possession of a, a tool that is in alignment with a supposedly constitutionally protected right. There is no way to argue against that. I want to actually win. I don't want a moral victory. I want to change hearts and minds. And if we approach the same different topics with the same empathy. Yeah, I, was, I was about to say that because the, the, the anti-vaccine, uh, especially initially when people were going, I'm not getting that vaccine. It was very and it, to be fair, it had to have been a knee jerk reaction because it all happened so quickly. There was not yeah. a lot of time to develop a, a very mm -hmm. suave anti-vaccine, yeah. anti-COVID vaccine argument. And so a lot of people were like a lot of people went, you're a fucking sheep and I'm going to fucking, you know, you're an idiot. You fucking <laughs> taking the vaccine, you fucking. And so it it became uh, a thing of uh, it, uh, the anti-vaccine movement became associated with anger. Mm -hmm. And so and it, like I said, it was it, it's a tough thing to do because you're when you're in it. And it's happening. And, uh, you know, the governor of your state says you got to take this or you can't go fucking eat. You can't eat out uh, immediately. What you want to do is go, I'm going to fucking break into your house though. and stomp on your throat. I have another layer of this because, you know what? People went through the processes of actually, um, you know, grief, to be honest. People yeah. were fucking yeah. angry that their family and their friends got lied to enough to believe this mm -hmm. and line up for a lethal injection there was a reason we were fucking mad you yeah. know and really because madness um you know is anger is sadness is bodyguard everyone was you know we were sad we were grieving the fact that friendships have been severed and relationships have been severed and um potentially health consequences um but fuck no, i mean no, wait you know what i mean geez is the, the key the key there is we all want to fight. How we fight is the fight. So from my perspective, it was just I'm upset that the propaganda machine working with Big Pharma and the state, they are the enemy. It's not the person impacted by this. Yeah. And just coming up with strategic ways of translating that for me saying something like, Damn, bro, I'm 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 thinking about maybe doing it. It seems to kind of I hear him, but I don't know, bro. I, has there been a time where like the, we trust the government that much? And then that would be a place where people would go, well, oh shit, the hardline, you are a sheep, just further cements the divide. That's all it does. It just makes the other person go, fuck you. I, I'm I'm gonna do. It's like it, it's almost like. Regardless of what position you land on an item, the American thing is to say, you don't get to tell me what the fuck to do. And even if I could point out that you're letting the state and big pharma tell you what the fuck to do, yeah. I've already they've already shut down. Yeah. yeah so exactly. if I show 
by saying, damn, bro, I don't know. I absolutely do know because I yeah. don't trust the fucking government. I don't <laughs> trust Big Pharma. But the tactic, tactic tactics are short term. Yeah. yeah. Strategies long term. It was for me to say, and we have practice because of Black Guns Matter. We have practice because in a hood, it's easy for me to, for the, because the Black community, because everybody recognized, especially in the beginning, they were targeting the Black community with mm-hmm. this COVID shit. <laughs> the, New York, the New York radio station ads were nuts. <laughs> they were nuts. It was clearly a white guy doing was- a Black guy's voice <laughs> into the microphone. He's like, Stop. man, <laughs> you gotta get the vaccine. You're like, what is this? This <laughs> was wild. <laughs> this was wild. And I'm just like, that made it easier. They went so hard that it was like, I was like, bro, I hear you, right? And I want to rock with it because it's clearly some new shit that we may not know what's going on yet. However, bro, they kind of going hard like they trying to hook us up. Everybody in the hood was like, yeah, bro, I don't fuck with them like that. They going real hard for some reason. That's right. <laughs> is the more productive tactic. You have to remember always, always, the state is the problem. Whether the state is working in conjunction with big tech, whether the state is working in conjunction with big pharma, the state is always, overreaching government is always the problem. When I'm talking to white dudes that are frustrated because propaganda machines, you just like a white dude that's like, trying to like live life and television has convinced everybody that you're the absolute reason that everything in the world is wrong. Right now I'm part of me's like, well, welcome to getting the fucking black dude treatment. Like it's just your turn now. Right. But, but at the same time, I'm like, bro, instead of you responding to general public black people that are not the people propagating this thing. If I say to you, bro, that's really the government in alignment with uh, media outlets to package you a certain way. And I can help you curate your talking points. It makes it much more difficult for you to do things or present yourself like the guys that I was talking about, these, these goofballs on Twitter, you know, that makes it makes you look like the very single thing that you're not. But leftist propaganda machines are packaging you to be you have to stop for a second and remember your responses to things men and women between thing happening and reaction that little space in between there the human has the ability to choose stimuli and reaction that space in between there you have the right to choose If you are conditioning yourself to go, I'm going to nine times out of 10 believe that the problem at the root of this somehow is government to package me a certain way and present me to other people so we do not unify, your reactions will be better. And I don't give a fuck what your racial makeup or background is. If you are anti-gun, if I know that you are anti-gun because the state working with media conglomerates have conditioned you to believe that, I can reach out to you in a manner that makes you go, huh, this gun guy isn't what I thought he was. If you are anti-vaccine, and I know and I can show you that the state in conjunction with Big Pharma has packaged you a certain way and give you some talking points and how to curate that, you are going to respond in a manner to that person that they go, 
damn, that dude's not like the granny killer that they told me he was. The question is, do we want to use effective tactics and strategies or do we want to just like own the left when it's not really an own because you're falling right into the bait of what the propaganda machine has packaged you to be? That is where your uh, emotional intelligence and your tactical uh, nature has to take the front seat. And you got to put that emo shit in the background. I've and taken, I've taken to if you're not. Consistently- I've taken to not responding politically at all to anybody who who brings it up like the people have brought up like i mean, I went home and uh i kept you know p- p- people were like can you be joe rogan to ivermectin he I can't believe he's propagating all this it's like i i everything every response was like completely apolitical and had nothing to do with they say they say like these people don't want to get the vaccine i'm like i ran over a pedestrian and i fled the scene yesterday and then immediately just shifted like i because i don't want to there's there is a point too where the the conversations do need to be had but not always and not with everybody yeah. You know, I mean, it's sometimes, you know, if you go, if they say, like, I'm going to vote for Biden and Trump supporters are racist, I say, I gambled away my child's college fund. They go, did you bet on the fucking Raiders? And I said, I did. I did. I can't believe. And then you shift. It's just shifting. Uh, Politicians do it all the time. They call it pivot. Oh, we're going to pivot. pivot. I want to pivot right now. I have a question. When when you when we relaunched the website, um, Maj, are you going to come on as single or do you have a lady in your life? Tell us a little bit more about what about you personally? Like, do you have a lady that's um, helping you load and fire all these guns? (laughs) Who helps load your weapon? Does she come in and say, is that a gun in your your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? (laughs) I am hold on y'all. I'm I'm charging this, I'm plugging this phone up real quick so I can um because okay. I'm on like two percent and I will answer that question. I'm not pivoting away from the question <laughs> that skill. Um, so I I I have to be perfectly honest about this. Um I enjoy beautiful women. Um Gay. But my mission and my <laughs> discipline and my routine is like it takes such a a big um, chunk of life to say to somebody, "Hey, we're gonna carry guns everywhere. We're going to um, focus on all of this content. We're gonna create a whole solutionary university." Are you willing to be um, that person that is going to ride with me and do that and almost kind of like put the thing that you got going maybe a little bit second? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a, a bit of a big ask. And yeah. I generally am self-conscious enough to not be that selfish to subject women to that. I tell um, you what, you're, pro- you're a hell of a lot more likely to right find, one. yeah, you're a hell of a lot yeah, more likely yeah. to find somebody on the injected app. That That's what I was going to say, man. Because it's a, it's a <laughs> niche demographic that you're dealing yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. That, totally, man, yeah. totally. And, and here's the thing, too, is like something I say all the time, and for all the listeners, you've heard me say this before, but like the idea of injected is so much more than just being unvaccinated, you know, mm-hmm. because yeah. like to be injected means to, you know, obviously, you know, freedom above everything, right? You know, as you say. 
Yeah, yeah he Kurt rejects the, the ways the of establishment. You know, society, rejecting all of this. Yes, shit. yes, yeah. yes. And so I would say, out of anywhere, dude, like you're you're yeah. more likely to find the woman in your dreams on injected. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's that's the truth. So, and and so now, we should we should put a call in right now. We ladies, put a call in. Ladies, call right now. Open up the phone lines right now. Yeah, open up the phone lines. Ladies, give us a call. One eight three 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 unject. We're ready. One eight three 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 eight six five three two eight. Here's the other thing too. Um. Man, like, I generally, I fuck like a porn star. So it's like. <laughs> like this is also. Yeah, not put that on your like, profile. Like, put that on your that? dating where profile, dude. Look, yeah, here you go. <laughs> there you go. Put that on your profile. I, guarantee. I think that a lot of liberty-based women um, are, are in alignment with that. I just haven't, I just haven't generally taken the time to kind of like really you know, sit down and really, you know, that, and a lot of times, you know, um, my nervousness because of my past, if, if folks don't know, um, there was years ago, I was falsely accused of rape and obviously, um, it, I was, you know, exonerated and all that other stuff. So a lot of times when I go to different cities, um, I'm very, I'm kind of like leery and, yeah. you know, if any, there's a lot of men, I started being open about that case. There were a lot of men that said, man, I went through the same thing. You know, wow. um, a lot of men feel right now that they don't have the ability to express themselves or be honest. Um, you know, on, on our website, on solutionaryuniversity.org, um, that site will be launching in a couple of days. Um, nice. We have a men's group that we're talking about these types of things. And there's so many men that are like, yo, like, like you know, this new thing of like dudes like in the gym, like afraid to like actually look at women yeah. And afraid to do this and that. And so um, we talk about these things, but I, I've suffered for a long time in that fear and paranoia of like, I don't know, bro, I got to establish a rapport first because you know, I kind of got a target on my back. You know, a lot of a lot of dudes are taken down. And I'm not saying this of all women. I want to be very clear. There are some very unscrupulous, unscrupulous humans. And some of them happen to be women that are honeypots. So a part of the reason why I haven't, seriously committed or gotten went hard in that direction is primarily just because of the work but there's a little bit of that paranoia and i'm i'm, I'm growing out of it now as you know years pass but uh that's kind of the reason why i haven't you know dipped my whole body in the like dating pool you know what i mean there you go let me tell you my gym yeah, etiquette has got to be abs from the perspective of others has to be insane not because i'm staring but because I do. I guess I do stare, but I'm not looking at anybody. I'm in my own head with my yeah. So like I'm mouth breathing, looking at men and women. So people have to <laughs> turn around. I'm like on the incline bench machine. They're like, "Holy shit, this guy's gonna fucking follow me home." Right. Am I? Right. Am this I, guy's I, gonna I don't want to rule that out. Just you know. Yeah. I might. Yeah. It's a. It's a. Especially if you finish the set. And you just kind of like you're in your head and you're not paying attention that, oh, shit, I'm like looking directly in this yeah, direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Dude, it's, it's, <laughs> I, it's so People easy like- to zone out at the gym. The other day I sat up and I fucking was just sitting there for sometimes I, I'll rest between sets for like it seems like 45 minutes. And I caught myself with my legs crossed like a fucking woman with the fucking, <laughs> where the hamstring is on the other quad. It's not like where the ankle's up on the knee. It's like the hamstring's up on the other quad. And I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? So look, let me, let me tell you a little cheat code that I've been doing lately in the gym. Steroids. 
one of the, one of the gyms, <laughs> we have an outside gym too. Um, I wear shades and my hat backwards outside, or sometimes even when the gym. Now, when you're inside the gym, you could kind of look like you kind of being a douchebag, but it helps me to not look like I'm absolutely. Oh, the shades in the gym. The oh, damn. You know, damn. so here's the thing. That's the problem. There is one guy. Is, I don't think you can pull that off. I feel like that would make Zach look even more creepy. Like, <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't think I don't no. think white guys could pull that off. Yeah. yeah. I really don't think. The moment, the moment you're directly <laughs> behind somebody and not even looking at them, if you have sunglasses on, the, the person in front of you is going, they're fucking looking at me right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 not it. You know, the the gym is everybody said always says like the gym is a good place to pick up women or or pick up men. It's like, no, it is the worst possible. If a woman approached me at the gym, I would not I wouldn't know what to say. Like they'd come up and say hi. And I'd go, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start wearing my fuck that vaccine shirt to the gym. There you go. And then I'll be like, "Yeah, hey, what's up, girl?" Yeah, never approached by women. Um, it's no. never gym. It's never happened in the gym. Um, generally, I'm not approached by women um, because usually I'm kind of similarly to like staring off in the space. Usually, my face looks in my head. I think I look super happy. But my yeah, face, you know, but energetically, you probably are shut off too. If you're not looking for someone, you're gonna like shut down energetically. Yeah. And I think women like we pick up on that anyways. Right? Yeah, you know, you walk past someone, you're like, okay, they're probably taken because obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know what you want to know how bad my gym etiquette well actually this was this is a, oh, a, a specific moment that i caught myself doing so they have a a sectioned off room for like classes yeah and uh it was it's all because men never take the class it's all women it's always women that only take the class you so just sit outside and stare i literally so they have glass over it and i was resting such a fucking and i just kind of was like just <laughs> kind of standing there just waiting and then I realized, oh, I'm directly uh, facing this class with a group of like 20 women. And I, and I, of, and I came, I yeah, yes. And it, like literally, they and I realized, oh, like four of them are looking at me, and I'm like, oh no, it's not. Oh, it's not oh, what you think. Not. Oh god, yeah. It's like that's I, hilarious. I, I almost it's like I wanted to peek around and go. I have a girlfriend. I. I, it's that like doesn't help worse. at all. That's worse. That makes Don't it worse. That. that makes it worse. <laughs> That's it's, hilarious. It's the it's the it's the weird like um, you know isn't it the the brain fog that you suppose yeah. you supposedly get from COVID? Right? It's the brain yeah. fog. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's all that spike protein. You need to get on your yeah. Spike support. Bro. Destroy spike Everybody, mm-hmm. destroy spike Get yeah, on your spike support. Clear hey, so, so the the app is called Unjected. Unjected.com. And so Maj, check it out, man. Like like they were saying before the interview, like it's been such an insane censorship campaign against them. They've had to relaunch like three times. Like this is literally <laughs> the third taken off the taken off the app stores. Yeah, app store, play store. If you look it up, dude, they, they have like business insider, Forbes magazine, Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel. No, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. 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 Fallon did like a takedown on them. They're like, it's been le- legit serious <laughs> freaking shit, dude. And so the website went down in April. Dude, it's just a whole bunch of drama. And the wellness company, Peter McCullough, he's on their site. Yep, that's it. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna send you a. I'm gonna. I'll hit you up after the show because I'll put it in the chat here. So there's there's yeah. a there's a site that you right now we have a beta version open right now yeah. that you can uh, sign up and uh, test it out. 
And then the just full release. Just know though, you guys, when whatever you put on the test site isn't going to transfer redo. to the new site. Oh, you got to redo. Sure, oh, okay, okay, okay. Make sure you like save yes. it in your notes or yep, something. Yep, yep, if you like yep. write a beautiful bio. But yep. but, but then also the official relaunch fun. is going to be. Uh, we're going to make some announcements next week, and then mm -hmm. very very soon it's going to it's going to be full like, back. Like really soon. Yeah, yeah, really full black soon. and run. And yeah. this is like legit. Like we had developers like from Oof. the wellness company come in, and they just basically took over the project, and they've been just pouring all sorts of resources into it. And it's going to be awesome. And so it's going to be we're like, we're going for like Tinder is going to have a run for their money here in just a little that's bit. Right. So that's right. They already doing. called this yeah. the Tinder for anti-vaxxers. So now yeah. we're coming for it. What's that? Are the girls hot on there? Yes. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're all like unjabbed, health conscious, like, uh, you There's know, some good freedom fighters. Girls on there, uh, freedom prime, fighters prime of the best. Prime yes. pussy. Unaffected. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. There you go. So yeah. really good Punani. Really, yeah. Yeah. It's the that's best right. in the business, man. So awesome. Well, you guys, that was an awesome episode. Thank you so much. I know we, we got to oh, cut off a little bit early tonight, guys, but uh, this was a fantastic start, and we didn't get any calls, but that's cool. That's cool. We'll try Apparently, to all of our listeners are, are severely racist. They did not <laughs> call in. <laughs> Apparently, though, no. Maybe they no, no. just I think, I think that's another thing. We've already determined there's the least amount of serial killers, least amount of rapists, least yeah. amount of pedophiles, yeah. and yeah. also the least amount of racists on Unjected. I would have to say. Least right. amount of that's fucking guys driving around with that bumper sticker that said, this car climbed Mount Washington. You ever seen that? <laughs> no. I've seen like no. eight what? of those fucking cars in the past six days, <laughs> and it's about that? goddamn no. enough. Mount yeah, Washington. Those people are not on Unjected. I don't know. <laughs> hey, listen, thank you all so much for yeah. having me. Um, I'm going to make sure I join Unjected.com. Cool. Um, I'm gonna set. look around. And I'm gonna see some things. Um, if y'all have any questions, if y'all, yo, make sure y'all hit me up too, so I can send everybody, you know, fuck that vaccine shirts and shit oh, like that. Nice. Nice. But I just really, really want to say thank you to you guys and to the people that are, are listening to this. Um, I want to say this, and before I get out of here, um, you, you survived a two or three year ordeal that was not normal. It was like one, maybe one of the world's largest psychological operations designed to fucking break you. And mm -hmm. if you're struggling a little bit from that, that's fine. You are still here. I know that the, there's the suicide rate jumped through the roof. They told people to not go outside. They told people to not work out. They shut down gyms and all these just silly things. And you're here. And so um, if you follow me on social media, Maj2Ray 999 on Twitter, Big Daddy 2Ray, Maj2Ray 999 on Instagram, whatever. Um, DM me. Let's talk. If you're going through something, um, I, send me your number. Let's communicate. I would rather communicate with you. You you may not know me. You may have never met me before. Um, but I would rather talk to you on the phone about what you're going through, especially after surviving something such as drastic as this, PSYOP. I would rather talk to you about your issues than read your fucking obituary. And so um, let's, let's maintain that we, we survived something great. The great things are coming ahead and out of this. And um, let's be kind to each other. Let's be very, very kind to each other because we are all humans. We are all Americans. We all have a, a human right to exist. And we want that existence to be as beautiful and powerful and long as possible. So thank you all for listening. Thank you guys for having me. That was beautiful. Me. Yeah. I appreciate you all. Right and on. Thank Thanks, Mark, so much. much. And, and so, so you guys, nice uh, you. the links to follow and support Black Guns Matter in the episode description. Please go follow him and Black Guns Matter on Twitter. Uh, the link to the shop, to Black Guns Matter website is on the episode description below. So please make sure you go follow and support. Yeah. Mark, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. That was an awesome episode. Thank you. And, uh, Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, yeah. Here, I'm going to try something here, maybe.
try this. Try it. All right, guys. Oh, get. <gasps> yep. Oh, it's working. Okay, there it is. All right, guys. Peace. Have a good night. We out. All right. Bye. Yeah. We out.